Hey everybody, this is Sam with Paranormal Review. Um, we are going to dive into It Feels Evil, um, season one, second episode, and it's called Dead on the Floor. Now, in my description that's on TV of where this is, it just says San Antonio, Texas. I really wish the Travel Channel would write better descriptions, I guess. This aired on December 21st, 2019. So fairly new. Why can they not put that this is about the Black Swan Inn? Um, most of us are aware of the Black Swan Inn. Other programs have went there. Uh, podcasts have talked about it. Different people, if you're on um, any paranormal sites on the internet or in any paranormal type um, internet groups or Facebook groups or anything, there are always people around talking about the Black Swan Inn. And like I said, it's been on TV in different shows before. So why not draw people in with that? I hate that the Travel Channel just wants to put San Antonio, Texas. I, I don't understand why they do that. The other thing that I kind of want to rant about before we kind of get into the episode is why are there only three episodes of It Feels Evil? Now, I'm not telling you that it is the best paranormal show on earth or that the skeptic in me believes everything that it talks about or does or anything like that. But at least it's interesting and it's thought-provoking and you actually watch it and wonder what are they going to do next are they going to do an experiment are they going to you know go to a different room are they going to try this at least it's somewhat interesting it's not um total craziness or you know trying to be funny when it's not or something like that why did this only get three episodes I can't imagine that that's what Tim Wood signed on for. So there's got to be more episodes somewhere. Where are they? Um, let's show them. If Travel Channel won't show them, let's get them on, you know, FYI or or some other channel. Heck, let's put them on Viddy Space. Where's Elizabeth Saint and uh, Nick Groff? Can can we get some more episodes of this on Viddy Space? L let's do something because this is one of the better. This is a top half paranormal show. So I just I don't I don't get it. So here fairly soon you'll be getting a paranormal review 
of episode three, which is the last episode that aired on Travel Channel of It Feels Evil. Uh, like I already said, it's season one, it's episode two, it's the second episode with this team, and it's called Dead on the Floor. It aired December 21st of 2019, and, um... The show opens up with Joanne Riviera um, sending a video to Tim Wood. And she's talking about Victoria's Black Swan Inn in San Antonio, Texas. Now, she says it so fast that I don't actually even catch it. I heard Victoria, I heard Inn, but I didn't hear Black Swan. She said it extremely fast. And even though I rewound it um, three different times, still couldn't hear it. And I thought, I'll catch it eventually. Which I did probably a minute later. Um, they actually showed the sign. And I was like, oh, oh, I, I've seen this place on TV. So I kind of got excited. But as Joanne is talking on video to Tim, she describes that she has several spirits that have been in this inn for quite a while, that they are friendly spirits, and that, you know, that is the reason why a lot of guests come to visit or paranormal investigators rent it out, is because these are spirits that are okay being around people. But then she starts to describe how recently, you know, she's kind of gotten this darker, oppressive spirit that has kind of been encouraging people to stay and talk to it. And she talks about going in, you know, to a room and it, it being the first time that she's ever felt fear in the end. And she talks about the scrying room. It is, is a room that contains a closet, and she has set up an area where she has a mirror in it so that people can scry. And she says that in the main room, she feels like it's very, very intense, but when you go into the room where the mirror is, that it is even more intense. Now, this is where me being a paranormal, skeptic, um, newbie, whatever you guys want to call me, uh, comes into play. I have heard about scrying. I actually read about it in a fiction book, gosh, probably 10, 15 years ago, and didn't really realize that it was part of the paranormal. That's how new I was, uh, because when I was reading this, I actually thought the author probably made that up. I had no idea that it was actually a thing that people attempt to do um, and that it is something that a lot of people 
almost enjoy doing. Now, probably about four years ago was when I became more aware that scrying in a mirror was more common paranormally than what I thought. Um, and then, of course, I heard about Zach Bagans buying um, Bella Lugosi's mirror and how people used to scry into it. And then, of course, I saw on his television uh, episode where he was going through different objects, artifacts that he owned, him talking about it. And since then, through reading different websites and doing some research on this particular podcast, I know a little more about it. So I am not going to pretend that I'm an expert. And that's the reason why when we get to that part and we start talking about it, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, feel free to write me at paranormal review pod. That's singular paranormal review pod at gmail.com or hit me up on um, Twitter or Facebook on paranormal review because I, I really don't know a whole lot about it. So you guys can educate me uh, as much as you want because I, I don't really have that concept down, have never tried it, never did it or anything like that. So, uh, back to the show, Tim says that he has no doubt that the Black Swan Inn is haunted, um, he talks about how there's a huge battlefield that was a major battlefield in the American, um, yeah, the American-Mexican War, and that it has history. The Black Swan Inn does have history, and it, it's known. He says that he's a little concerned that she's got a scrying room and doesn't know what could be summoned on accident or on purpose from there. And I think that was where I had an aha moment watching this and was like, oh, oh, I may be interested in this. I was already interested. Like I said, I liked the team in the first episode. Um, it was an interesting show. I enjoyed it. But when he started saying you could summon things through the mirror, I was like, now, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know that I knew that. Or if I knew that, I don't know that I understood that the whole entire way. I thought that scrying was more people could see into the mirror and see different things happening, uh, whether it be from the past or the future or, or see spirits or entities. I didn't know that things could uh, be summoned. And I definitely didn't know that they could be summoned accidentally. So I was like, oh, I'm a little interested. I'm a little intrigued. So 
we see our first timestamp then, and um, it's 9 a.m., and the team is down there, and they're meeting with Joanne, and she tells them and starts talking to them about how she feels like this dark presence that she sent the video to Tim about is masculine, and she calls him he throughout, and feels like he is oppressing the other spirits that are in the end. Therefore, people who come back, or people like her, that are used to being there quite frequently, are used to certain spirits being around, or being able to interact with them, and they feel like you know, this darker spirit that has shown up recently is only scaring them off, kind of, you know, pushing them aside. She states that this spirit is very aggressive and can be sexual uh, towards women, and she goes about saying that, you know, at one time she was sitting at a table and she got hit in the head. She said others, uh, guests of hers, have gotten sick and threw up, and friends of hers have had issues. She also um, talks about how people just don't feel comfortable, that it is a feeling that when they start getting near things, that that it overwhelms them almost. And she tells Tim, I want you to please isolate this dark spirit and that it needs to go. And I guess I shouldn't be, but I am a little shocked that she said that. Because... You know, through watching paranormal TV, or if you're a paranormal investigator, or if you're just something like haunted or scary or, or whatever, you know that there are all kinds of places you located all over the United States, but all over the world, that are haunted, and they have spirits that make people uneasy, or push, shove, scratch, hit, whatever, and... The owners don't want them to go in because that's where they make their money. They're, that's the attraction. You know, they they want to rent it out to paranormal investigators that are going to be pro, pro, use pro, uh, provocation. Sorry, can't talk tonight. Um, and provoke these spirits to do things to them so that they can get evidence or get proof or, or whatever. So... For Joanne to just come out and say, look, I want you to isolate this spirit, and I want it to go. I want it out. Um, kind of was interesting to me. Surprised me. Um, but then, when I kind of stopped the TV and I thought, no, she owns the Black Swan Inn. It's known for having friendly spirits, if that's what you want to call them. And people are known to go there to have good interactions and communicate, feel things that 
they feel comfortable around so that they can have evidence or have an experience and it be a good experience, not something that is frightening to them or something that, you know, they're going to have nightmares about for days to come. So I can now, you know, after stopping it and kind of thinking, I was like, well, no wonder Joanne wants this, this spirit gone because she's had several years of owning this property and experiencing the good side, if, if there is a good side of the paranormal. And, of course, she doesn't want her herself or her friends or family or her guests around something that possibly could hurt them. So, um, Tim, I don't know, he doesn't hide it very well. He kind of sends the team away so that he can talk to Joanne by himself. And, you know, he tells the team, hey, why don't you walk around the property, kind of see what you guys can feel, what you can see, what you can experience, and I'm going to kind of go into the end with, with Joanne. So we see Scott Patrick and Montana walking around, and as they come upon the barn, Montana immediately says, uh, feeling a little something. And as they go in to what they're calling the barn, the barn area, Montana is getting nauseous and she's just not feeling great. And then as she's telling them how she feels, the camera light that Scott is using goes out. And... Montana is like, wait a minute. And there is a little bit of light where, where you can still see and hear her talking. And she immediately, I mean immediately, uh, authoritatively states that this is not going to scare her. They're not going to control her. Uh, they might as well just kind of back off. And we see another camera light go off. Like, it's got something almost to, to prove or something like that. Then they immediately jump to what Joanne calls the seance room. Where um, people go to have seances. And Tim, as he comes in, realizes that, you know... There's dolls in the room, and there is a doll specifically to his right as he walks into the room that is sitting on, I guess it's maybe a bookshelf dresser type area. And Tim says that he's finding it kind of hard to, to breathe. He has a recorder with him, so he decides to do um, an electronic voice session and EVP session around the doll because it's almost like Tim feels drawn to it and he says I feel like I'm gonna throw up now Joanne talks about how a man 
comes probably once a week or so and comes into the room and has conversations with the doll that he feels led to do this. And for some reason I wrote that down because that was, I guess, a red flag to me. I don't know many adult men that, you know, go someplace every week to talk to a doll. I I find that a little unusual, a little weird. So I got down and continue to ponder that throughout the show. So like I said, Tim was talking about, you know, how he, he really felt like he was going to get sick. He, he was going to throw up. He then feels some cold air. And he decides to listen to the tape that he was recording. Um, Tim at one point asks you know, what, what do you want us to do, or, or what do you think we should do, something to that, I didn't write down the exact wordage, and on the, the tape, he hears, set down, and then later, after another question he asks, he hears, demonic, and, I just thought that was a little weird because he's in this seance room that Joanne said made her feel uncomfortable, but it's not really the room that she has concerns about. It's not the scrying room. It's not the mirror room. So I think that was a little interesting and intriguing to me as far as Tim goes into this room and immediately feels things. And like he said, or he says later in the show, he's been doing this for 20, 25 years. And it was just a strange feeling that, it, that he had, you know. And he asked Joanne, you know, to go ahead and, and leave, that he wants to be alone, kind of get a, a feeling of what's going on. And while Tim is alone, he feels a scratching sensation on his neck that is not comfortable. We then jump back to the barn where Montana has decided to be alone. She wants, you know, whatever she is feeling in the barn to know that it's not going to control her. It's not going to scare her. She's, she is going to be who she is. She does say that out of the corner of her eye, she thought she saw a shadow. And she pans that way, and we don't see anything. She doesn't see anything. She decides to sit down, and she hears laughing. And she just kind of thought that was a little bit strange. Well, 
they then decide and they show. Um, if you haven't listened to the first episode about It Feels Evil, please go back and listen to that episode. Because in that episode, Tim kind of describes how his protocol works when he goes out to investigate or kind of explore what is going on with a certain situation. And that he has four different phases that he likes to go through with a purpose in each phase. So we see phase one, the exploration phase, start and we go back to Tim where he he feels something touch his neck and he said he feels something or he hears something audible and he checks the tape and calls Joanne back and he says look I I really feel like you may have a demon here and um he said he heard a growl he's heard some laughter and that he wants to put a static camera which is a stationary camera actually in this room in order to catch it now i'm going to be very honest with you guys you know that if you've listened to any previous episodes about me being a skeptic and everything and i think it has to do with ghost adventures i'm just going to be real honest with you guys. Ghost Adventures that I've watched since the beginning, I, for some reason, picked it up in the beginning, has steadily become, instead of Ghost Adventures, and everything that I loved about it in the first, you know, I don't know, nine seasons, ten seasons, um, it has basically become Demon Hunters here recently, and it drives me crazy. Um, I feel like Zach is always looking for demons everywhere he goes, and any story he hears, he automatically just jumps to demons. And I feel like a lot of places that they've went in the last couple seasons really have nothing to do with demons. And... I almost feel like he's doing it to get ratings. I hated his um, movie, The Demon House. So, I when I hear Tim say, I think you may have a demon, that's where my mind immediately goes is, oh my God, are we, are we gone here? You know, but then I have to catch myself and reel myself back in that this is not Zach. That there's three episodes of this show, and that for some reason, uh, Travel Channel hasn't continued to show it, and I don't really know or understand, and so I have to kind of reel myself back in and say, no, 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 this is not the same team, and I have to remind myself, no, Tim Wood... Whether he's real, he's fake, he's um, doing this for ratings and entertainment, or whether he's doing this to actually truly get to the bottom of this, that he has a protocol, and we're, we're following this. Let's let this show be interesting, 
be entertaining, and kind of go from there. So, I I'm like, okay, let's let's figure out what's going on, and then I also remember, oh, Joanne, if there's something going on, wants it removed. So we're actually going to see something different than what Ghost Adventures does. Because I've yet to see Ghost Adventures remove anything. Yes, I know they call um, the bishop in, and he removes things. But I've yet to see Ghost Adventures actually do anything. But anyway, they go in to the scrying room. And I know I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. But Tim says there is a psychomantrum in there and they put the definition up and he talks a little bit about that it, that it's a small room that has a mirror that is specifically used for spirit communication and while they're the team is kind of talking about this tim says you know i i need to get out of here my neck is burning i need to take a break and the team kind of decides to, to go with him. And Tim continues and says, look, I am getting super nauseous. I feel like I'm getting very sick. Montana then checks his neck and says, look, you're getting a red mark that is showing up a little bit behind your ear. And so they decide, hey, I think we need to get a little bit further away from the inn, a little bit further away from, you know, where Tim got scratched. So we get another timestamp, and it's 11 a.m., and they, they go into the backyard, and T Tim kind of fills the team in, and he feels like there's something demonic going on at this location, and he tells them in all sincerity, that he feels like, you know, we really need to be cautious, and that I would like to call in another person, I would like to call in an expert, Michael Esposito, and that he's an EVP expert, and he wants him to use him in order to get better sound, better communication, better evidence, and almost better proof to show Joanne and also, I guess, our TV audience. And he has a lot of experience with the paranormal. And so they call in Michael and it doesn't say when he arrives. However, when he does arrive, Michael talks about how he would like to increase the frequency energy. And what he means by that, it's almost like putting a big battery in the room. We've seen this on different paranormal TV shows, them increasing energy. Um, we have seen, you know, Paranormal Lockdown do that. We've seen... Uh, I believe Portals to Hell has done that. I believe uh, Ghost Nation um, 
has done that once, and I know that Ghost Hunters, the new one with uh, just Graham Wilson, has done that with a Jacob Slider. So, hearing this didn't shock me. However, it's almost like Tim was like, um, wait a minute here. We, we need to check this. He immediately asked, how's, how's this going to affect this negative energy? And Michael very nonchalantly almost says, you know, hey, it's going to affect anything, whether it be positive, whether it be negative, and it's just going to build up the energy. And Tim kind of hesitates, like, eh, I don't know about this. So he tells Michael what his idea, I think before Michael even got there was, is that he is wanting to put Patrick, who used to be a police officer, a crime scene investigator, used to uh, do forensic evidence and really deals in, I guess, scientific matters and wants hard proof of things. He wants to put Patrick in the scrying closet area with the mirror as Michael ramps this energy up. And for the first time, we see Michael kind of get a little uneasy. And his comment is, well, um, yeah, that's your call. It's a little dicey, but it's your call. And when he does that, it's almost like it makes Tim's mind up. Because phase two of Tim's protocol is documentation. And I know that that's probably where his mind immediately went, was if I put the most skeptic of us, which is Patrick, in this room as Michael ramps this energy and something happens, then that will make us look more credible. And I, meaning Tim, um, will be able to know what we're dealing with and how to proceed. So, like I said, they immediately go into phase two, which is their documentation phase. Um... They decide as a team that Patrick is going to go in the scrying room. Montana is actually going to monitor activity at their base uh, and be looking at cameras to make sure everybody is okay. And then Scott is going to go into the barn and use provocation. And then... Michael and Tim are going to be amplifying energy towards Patrick. Now, this is also where they explain to Scott that when he goes into the barn, they want him to take any energy that he feels in the barn or that they felt earlier and send that also into the main end towards Patrick. 
So we get our, our time stamp of 12.05, and Scott is entering the barn, and he says that he immediately just feels uneasy, and he immediately basically is saying that I want to want, you know, anything in here to go towards Patrick. Um, he also talks about how using provocation that he wants them to go scratch Patrick and then uses go scratch Patrick on his left arm. Go, you know, show us what you can do. If, if you're so big, bad, and powerful, then, you know, go over into the main inn, scratch Patrick on his left arm. You know, Scott is very forceful about sending that away. We flip back and we see Tim take a chair and put it up underneath the door so that Patrick can't get out of the, the scrying room. And, um... Patrick immediately says, um, did you, did you just lock me in here? And, and Tim is like, yeah. We see Tim hear something, and I wasn't really sure what it was. Um, however, he knew exactly what it was. He hears a REM pod, and it's going off in the seance room. He's placed a REM pod near, um, the doll. And... He walks, you know, maybe a foot into the seance room and sees it going off. Um, and so he uh, says that, you know, I really need to kind of figure this out. We then flash back to Scott. And... Scott is walking around in the barn and says the energy totally feels different. He feels like whatever energy that was in the barn has left. So he takes out holy water and blesses the area and um, proceeds to you know, do that all over the barn. We then go to the camera of Patrick. And this is the first time, like I said, I've, I've really seen scrying. I would like to know Patrick as far as scrying. Does he know what he's doing? Did they just kind of tell him? Uh, did he read a book about it? What What does Patrick know about this? Uh, Patrick, if you're out there listening, write me at paranormal review pod at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter or Facebook because I I am interested in knowing what Patrick knew but Patrick is intently looking into the mirror and is calling the entity out uh, talking about how he wants to see him he wants him to you know make his presence known well, we then flash to Tim, who's in the seance room, and he's talking to the doll and says, you know, you scratched me earlier. We see the REM pod continue to go off. 
Um, we then see Tim get a, a spirit box and place it near the doll. And it goes back to Patrick, who is using provocation to, I don't know, entice a spirit to come through the mirror or to at least show themselves in the mirror. And then Tim basically says that he's getting a really weird feeling that he thinks there's a dark energy that's bouncing around, that it's going from room to room, and it's kind of toying with them. And I found it interesting that Tim asks, what? Are you going to hurt one of us? And through the spirit box, very clearly, I understood it, uh, it says Patrick. And Tim says, are you going to scratch Patrick? Go scratch Patrick. He's waiting for you. So, um, I found it, looking back on it, that in the voiceover section, right after Tim does that, Tim says that this much energy may be getting out of control right now. And I thought that was a revealing look back that after he had gotten away from this place and was doing the vo voiceovers for this particular episode, that he, looking back on it, could reveal that using that much energy and sending everything into one area or towards Patrick may, you know, had a problem with getting out of control. Um, so we see Tim then immediately go check on Patrick. And when Tim enters the room, the, the main room, where the scrying closet is, he hears a thud, and he goes and opens the door as Patrick is telling the entity, you know, you're, you're a coward. You're, you're not wanting to show yourself. And Tim asked Patrick, did you hit the wall? And Patrick says, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of raging anger. And Tim says, you know, as Patrick steps out, uh, steps out and, and, you know, gets some air and everything, he said, you know, in the mirror, I saw my reflection. And the more and more I looked at my reflection, I saw it morphing and changing into something that wasn't me. And um, they then walk outside and Patrick kind of walks away, like I said, to, to kind of get some air. 
Montana looks at Tim and says, you know, when Patrick came out right now, I felt like there was a different energy. I I still felt Patrick's normal energy. I recognized it as Patrick's energy. But I also felt like there was a another energy around them. And that's when they, you know, they flashed her name up on the screen and I was like, Oh yeah. Um Montana is the occultist. Um with nature and um deities and gods and 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 she is very in tune to people's auras and their their energy and i am a skeptic but i do believe that people do give off different energy i mean obviously we all give off a different energy when we're mad or or when we're you know sad or upset or something like that so I do believe that there are people out there that are more sensitive to that or more in tune, maybe to different people's energies or emotions and everything. And so I do believe that Montana could feel Patrick's normal energy. But as he said, you know, he was raging with anger. So there's not a doubt that she also felt something else radiating off of him so they decide to move phase three which in tim's protocol is communication and tim says that he is starting to believe that the doll may be a portal and so he really wants to see if that is it so that they can bind the energy to the doll and then get rid of the doll and i found that kind of to be interesting because earlier they had talked about a scrying mirror being able to summon something through a scrying mirror so i think that was interesting to me because Tim didn't immediately think that it it was Samir. I think through his interactions with the doll, setting the REM pod up, setting the spirit box up, setting the digital recorder up, and getting different, you know, forms of documentation, different evidence at different times coming from what well let me back up as far as he believed it was coming from the doll that that was leading them in that direction so we see a timestamp then of 2 a.m and he says he wants to do an itc experiment where he wants a camera on what is you know where they're going to be concentrating and it's going to feed into the tv creating a loop um he wants to place a spirit box up on the top shelf above the doll and he wants to be able to talk 
and if there is a spirit or entity around the doll, that it can use the spirit box to communicate, but it can also use the TV to communicate. And so Michael then decides that a negative ion generator needs to be placed in there because there's a theory in the paranormal community that negative ions are used to power things and if there is an entity around that it can take those negative ions and almost charge itself up so they then explain that everybody's going to kind of be in there but Montana. Um, Montana's going to stay out of the room and going to be at base camp monitoring the situation through camera. Because someone needs to be doing that in case one of them would get attacked. And this is where they reveal that Montana is a pagan priestess and that by being a pagan priestess that she has been taught how to take and extract negative energy but put in positive energy so that if one of them would get attacked or get lashed out on or anything like that that montana has been trained in extracting that negative energy out of them and replacing it with positive energy so immediately tim asks if the inner entity will talk in to the ghost box and show itself on TV. Well, I was getting ready to say they hear, but no, um, I heard too. Tim, feel better. Um, it was pretty clear. And it was one of the more clear EVPs and ghost box communications that I've heard on TV. Which, of course, immediately makes me skeptic. Because I'm thinking, if it comes through that clear for them, is it real? Because on all these other TV shows, you don't usually hear it that clear. They have to interpret it, or they have to slow it down, or speed it up, or reverse it, or put it through a machine, or whatever. But this one was fairly clear. And so that leads me to believe... One, being a skeptic, did they fake it? Two, I guess me be also being a skeptic, does that make it more real? You know, are they really dealing with a strong entity or a demon or whatever you want to call it because it came through so clear? And so I guess that's where you're hearing me in these episodes straddle the line. You know, part of me wants to believe it's fake. It's garbage. They created that. It's 
entertainment. It's Hollywood. But then there's a religious part of me and a part of me that says, well, no. Tim has talked about how he's been doing this 20 years and this is as about as powerful as he, you know, has felt. And so is that what's making it clear? But Tim immediately says, well, why do you want me to feel better? And we don't get an answer. Um, Tim says, what are you going to do if I pick up the doll? And it comes through pain. Now, that part I didn't hear um, or I didn't understand. I heard something, but couldn't make it out or anything. They said it said pain. And then after it, it said break him. And again, didn't really understand that one either. And Tim says, all right, well, okay, I'm going to pick up the doll. So they flash to Montana outside and she says, uh, I'm a little concerned about Tim handling this doll that it could really get this entity very upset and it could scratch them. It could make them sick. Um, that some haunted objects that entities are around or live in can even lead to possession. I'm not sure that Tim needs to be doing this. So, Tim hasn't picked up the doll yet, and he says, do you want this? And he is holding a rosary in front of the doll um, and in the area where he thinks the entity may be. And I heard it and could make it out very clearly through the ghost box it says keep it and um i can imagine that if i was an evil entity i would not want the rosary um but as soon as they hear keep it um tim then puts the rosary actually on the doll and says all right i'm i'm gonna pick the doll up so Tim moves the doll, and as he is picking it up, the TV just starts freaking out. Um, you're seeing shadows. Before, it was the same screen. It was um, a jumbled, staticky type screen. But when the TV starts freaking out, you can you can see black going across the screen and everything. And Tim ends up actually moving the doll out into the living room, taking it completely out of the, the seance room and down the hall to the living room and puts it in a seat. And after he does that, Tim says, look, I'm feeling sick. I need to step out. I need to, to take a break. And Michael looks at him and says, you know, it could be from the evil energy of the doll. And I wanted to say, uh, yeah, um, I am a chicken and would not have done that. Because even though I'm a skeptic and don't know that I believe in this, 
I still don't want to play with the unknown. I still have a healthy fear of the unknown. And so, um, Michael saying, well, this could have been from you messing with the doll. Yeah, I think I would have said that too. Um, but anyway, uh, Michael decides that he needs to focus and enhance the energy. So he gets out a, um, looks like it's wrapped up, but as he unravels it, it is a set of tuning forks. And he says what he's going to do is tap these tuning forks and place it on the doll to draw the energy out. So Patrick and, and Scott, Scott especially, says that, you know, he wants to record an EVP session while they're doing this. So Michael uses different tuning forks um, at different times to tap, make different sounds, and draw out different energy. And you can hear the sounds, um, you know, of what the, the blue tuning fork is making and what the different color tuning forks are making. And at one point, he he taps a tuning fork and places it on the doll's forehead, and we see Michael fall over, and he tells Scott that he is physically ill, and um, Scott decides, look, I'm going to play this recorder, see if we got any MVPs, and on the recorder you hear something from below. You hear Tim. I need Tim. And then at one point, Michael asks, what will make you leave Tim alone? And when they play the recorder, it says dead on the floor, which is how they got the episode title. But, um, I don't, at that point in time, yes, I probably would have been dead serious. And um, But I guess when I'm watching this, I'm thinking, I don't know. It seems like it lashed out at Michael way more than it did Tim. It seems like it actually kind of likes Tim. It wants Tim to feel better. It wants, you know, it's saying, I need Tim. Um, it's actually lashed out at Michael. So... I, watching it, was a little more concerned about Michael. However, they appear to be very uh, concerned about Tim. So they go outside, and, and they update Tim. And Tim says, you know, I really think that we need to talk to Joanne, update her, and then she really needs to make a decision um, that we are, you know, pretty close to sure that this doll uh, is haunted. It, it has some kind of entity possessing it. And we need to know if she wants the doll actually removed. And Tim, you know, tells the team that he hopes 
that Joanne makes that choice because otherwise it's just going to continue to affect her and her guests and her friends and family in negative ways. So we see him go over to Joanne and explain things to her. And he tells her he believes the doll just needs to be removed. And he says, would you like for for Montana to do this? And I was watching Joanne. I'll just be very honest with you. Because earlier, you know, he had brought it up that they might need to you know, remove this entity. And I told you that there's a lot of places that are supposedly evil, scary, haunted, whatever word you want to use for, that the owners don't have anything done because they want to make money off of it. They want to invite people in and let them have these evil experiences, these nightmares, these these getting scratch push shoved, whatever. And so I really was watching Joanne's face. And as soon as he said this, it was a look of what I interpreted to be, uh, I don't know. But um, she, her first words were, I'm kind of torn about this. But then she immediately says, Yes, I I want you guys to bond it. I want I want it gone. So we get another timestamp of four forty eight. And Tim goes over and Montana says, Is she okay with me bonding the doll before we remove the doll? And Tim says do whatever you need to do in order for the energy not to escape it. So they've been using the word bind continuously in this episode. And I'm like, I don't really know what that entails. I don't know that I've ever seen this on paranormal TV. I don't know that I've really ran across any articles or podcasts or anything where people are really describing what this actually means. And so Montana kind of goes through it for me here. And I'm like, oh, Montana is saying she is not only going to rescue us from this situation, she's going to explain things to me as she does it. So I'm like, props to, to Montana. And so she says, number one, I need to draw all of the negative energy into the doll. I need for the entity to be in the doll. And then I actually want to take and bind through prayer, spell, whatever. But I also am taking physically and binding the doll. And then we can remove the doll. And Tim says, that's cool. I'm going to take it to my storage building with all the other haunted objects that I've collected until we can out what we're going to do with it. And that immediately is like, 
I don't know, a big floodlight to me. I'm like, number one, where is the storage building? And number two, why is Tim keeping it? Why is he keeping haunted objects? And three, when is he going to decide what to do with these things? Why are we allowing them all to play together? Why are why are we having them, you know, be together? And uh, when are we going to make decisions on what to do with this? This this if this stuff is real, it needs to go away. Because that's the stuff that scares me. That's the stuff my nightmares are made of. And I, I don't want any part of that. So I'm thinking, um, need to talk to Tim Wood. You know, I, I need to make a note. I need to contact Tim Wood and, and get him on that. He needs to uh, drop everything he's doing and think about how he's going to remove these things. But anyway... Uh, like I said, there are four phases in Tim's protocol, and his last one is confrontation. And so we see, you know, Montana go in. She states that to the doll, um, that as a pagan priestess, she has the authority to extract negative energies and invoke positive energies and she starts her ritual we see her making a salt circle and um then you know saying i don't know what she she calls them um i want to say that i don't want to offend anyone or um upset anyone that's listening to this so i am going to profess my ignorance right now i don't know what you call what Montana is doing. I don't want to call it prayer if it's not. Um, so I don't know whether she is praying, she is talking or addressing or asking, chanting. I I don't know exactly what it is called in her paganism. So, you do hear her asking deities and gods to help her and to give her power and things like that. And then we see her physically bind the doll with what appears to be, I don't know whether it is a tough kind of plastic coated rope or or something like that she literally binds the doll's legs and arms and things and then she covers the doll with a cloth wraps it and puts it in a case that tim has nearby and they immediately shut the case and do the the latches on it and then at 5.41 a.m., um, we see Joanne say, you know, she hopes that the spirits that her guests come there for, that the ones that they love to interact with, the ones that they love to have experiences with, will come back now. Because this dark energy they have actually taken away, and it won't oppress them anymore, and that 
that the good spirits that she had at the Black Swan Inn will actually come back and start interacting because I truly feel like um, Joanne misses them. And Tim almost reassures her and says, the smell that I smelled in the inn when I first walked in is gone. And the energy that I felt in the different rooms is gone. And he thanks her for, you know, allowing them to come in and and do this for them. And, you know, then the show ends, which leaves me to be like, huh. Because, you know, as I've told you in previous episodes, I don't know what to believe. And that's kind of how I feel after this episode. I kind of feel like I felt the first time we watched um, It Feels Evil together in episode one. I feel like this, this show is very entertaining. It's very intriguing. It makes me think. I find out it seems like something new every time I watch this. And, you know, I don't. Uh, profess to be a paranormal expert or even a paranormal anything. I am totally new to to this. So I feel like I learned something new uh, that the paranormal community believes in or that they interact with or whatever. So after this show... I guess I'm left with almost the same exact feeling that I had from episode one is that I find it extremely entertaining. It's interesting. It brings up questions that I want answers to, or um, I get questions during the episode and they eventually answer them. I like that. I like learning from my TV shows. Paranormal or not, I like learning something. I feel like I grow as a person when that happens. So that's what I I actually liked uh, about this. Now, what I didn't like, I guess that uneasy feeling where I don't know whether it's real or not. I, I think it's that... Um, this is, this particular show walks that line for me. Um, if you've listened to the previous episodes, then you know there's some shows that I make fun of or some shows that I definitely feel like are not real. I feel like they are, you know, they are definitely entertainment. But I think this show, it walks that edge for me where... I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Could I believe in this? Yes, definitely. Do I want to experience this? No. No, you guys know I'm a chicken. No way. Um, So, I am looking forward to seeing episode three. Um, No, it's not going to be the next episode of this podcast, but... I can almost guarantee you it's going to be really soon just because, like I said, they haven't made any other episodes and that way, you know, 
we can clear it off my DVR and then we can move on to, to other TV shows. But I, I like this show. I wish, um, travel channel would bring it back. If it's going to be like these first two episodes. Now let's talk about us. Uh, number one, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode and going on this journey with me. Uh, number two, I, as always, if you have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, or you want to teach me something, or you want to correct me in any way, hit me up on paranormalreviewpod at gmail.com. That is singular, paranormalreviewpod at gmail.com or hit me up on paranormal review on twitter or on facebook don't don't forget that on facebook i am connecting you to other pages that are doing live investigations live interviews live evp sessions spirit box sessions um connecting you to different articles plus um, giving you updates on all the different TV shows, you know, um, Destination Fear this week, uh, started. So last week we showed all the different, uh, upcoming things. So make sure that you're hitting us up on Paranormal Review on Facebook to keep up on all the latest TV show stuff. But, um, I want to thank you guys and I hope to be talking to you soon.